Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. Stand up for your country. So I get letters asking me why past presidents like Bill Clinton and George W. Bush uh, and Barack Obama don't speak out about contemporary problems. And the reason is there is a tradition, and it started with George Washington, the first president, that once you leave office, you don't criticize your um, person that took over your job, okay? That is a tradition. Now, it's been violated, but not often. So now, today, we don't have a lot of sniping. Even Donald Trump, Obama a little bit, but not a lot. Clinton, Bush, no. Currently, Joe Biden is immune to all past presidents criticizing him. I haven't seen it one time. But last week, Barack Obama went on the CBS Morning News under the radar, didn't get a lot of publicity, but I picked it up. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So this was last Tuesday morning. Roll it. Today, what I'm most concerned about is the fact that because of the splintering of the media, we almost occupy different realities. If something happens in the past, everybody could say, all right, we may disagree on how to solve it, but at least we all agree that, yeah, that's an issue. Now, people will say, well, that didn't happen, hmm. or I don't believe that. And one of, I think, the goals of the Obama Foundation and, and one of the goals of my post-presidency is how do we return to that common conversation? How, how can we have a common set of facts? We may disagree on gun violence hmm. in terms of what the best prescriptions are, but we can't deny the data that right. says 
the United States has levels of gun violence that are five, 10, 15 times more than other countries. Yep. So if we say that it's just a mental health problem, well, it's not like there aren't mental people with mental health problems in those other countries. What's the difference? Here is the difference. Now, I'm going to go over this methodically. If you have a paper and pen, and I always recommend you watch and listen to the No Spin News with those items, might jot down a few notes. The United States is a relatively new country. Even though we were founded in 1776, most other countries throughout the world are much older than we are. And even in places like Africa, where there was colonialism and the countries are newer, um, the basis of governance was there before the United States even appeared. All right. Europe, Russia, Japan, China, centuries before us. So in order to become a country, America had to fight a war, the Revolutionary War, with guns. OK. And in order to expand the country, Americans after the Revolutionary War had to go west with guns. Why? Because there were hostiles in the way. There were Europeans, the French, the Spanish, who wanted parts of North America, who would attack Americans. Native Americans, if you read Killing Crazy Horse, I mean, it was brutal for decades. And there was no law. And there were bears, big bears. So every American that forged west had to have a firearm. Back in Philadelphia, where they were forging the Constitution, the founding fathers feared a military takeover of the United States. So therefore, they put in the Second Amendment, giving the citizens the right to bear arms in case the democracy fell apart and some general came in and said, I'm running the country. And how often have we seen that throughout history? So every American that chose to could arm themselves. Now, that tradition never stopped. In fact, the British invaded us in 1812. And then we had the Mexican-American War, which I'm going to tell you about later because it's this day in history, and the Civil War. And then we had the Indian Wars, as I mentioned. Everybody had a gun. And there was no time in history, not one year, where there was a movement to ban guns or to disarm the civilian population. Now, I don't know whether Barack Obama understands that or not. But when you compare the United States to Australia or New Zealand or Sweden, or wherever you go, it's a totally different situation. And we have a plurality here of amazing amounts, they call it diversity now, people. Okay, we're not homogenous like Scandinavia or even Australia. Okay? I mean, if you look at the Australian immigrant laws, you can't move to Australia particularly if you're a minority. I mean, people down there, they want, to, they want their 25 million and that's it. All right, so we have a tradition here of firearms. And now the tradition is causing trouble because there are criminals 
and mentally ill people who are using those firearms to kill innocent people at a level that's unacceptable. It is unacceptable. But banning guns isn't going to stop that. And Barack Obama should know it. There are 300 million guns more in the marketplace right now. So even if you stopped every gun sale tomorrow, you got 300 million guns. And what do you think is going to happen? The black market is going to take over and sell the guns to the criminals who don't buy guns legally now. The mentally ill sometimes can because the laws in the individual states aren't tight enough. But banning guns, even ARs, and I do think there should be restrictions on the higher level firearms, training restrictions mostly in the states, um, not going to stop it. Barack Obama should know that. He should understand that. He's smart enough to know it. Okay? So he's either being disingenuous or he needs to watch this program every night. So once you have that situation where the, the population's divided among gun owners, conservatives, traditionalists who understand how we evolved, and then the left, which wants to ban all guns, okay, because that gives the government more control, and that's what the left wants, a strong central government telling everybody what to do, what to eat, how to live, what car to drive, everything. That is the goal of the far left. Okay, so the last point I want to make is that Obama is right when he says the media is the divider now, that these news operations no longer are in business to serve you, to bring you information, which is what the founding fathers wanted and gave the media special privileges, they're not in business. They, don't, they couldn't care less about that. They are in business to make money by dividing the population. Okay? And so this team... You watch this channel or listen to that radio station. That team, you do the other. And they all do it. All of them. Now, the cleanest operation is this new News Nation thing, um, in my opinion. I'm on it, yes. And I have some self-serving reason to tell you that. But I've watched it. They try. Nobody else even trying. Finally, um, we live in a violent culture. But again, that falls under the First Amendment. Guns are the Second Amendment. Believe me, the Second Amendment is never going to be revoked, ever. And the First Amendment isn't either. You'd have to have a coup d'etat to get them out of there, which means a military presence would have to take over, totalitarians. Okay. First Amendment allows this violent culture. And the media, Hollywood, The rap industry, all of these people celebrate that and sell that. So mentally ill people become desensitized if they were ever sensitive to begin with because they see all this horrible violence on the Internet and the movies and listen to this horrible, horrible so-called music. And, you know, misguided people absorb that and go and act out and kill people. They don't believe in anything. They don't think they're going to hell they want to die themselves, so I'll take some people with me. That we live in an extremely violent culture. Mexico's worse, okay? 
some other countries throughout the world are worse. But here, don't kid yourself. Our culture is violent. So uh, that is my message to Barack Obama. And that is the memo. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth, delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually. You're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. You want to comment? Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name in town if you wish to opine. President Biden's schedule. He had lunch with Kamala today. Uh, Delightful. I hope they uh, had a little lobster and shrimp or something like that. And then uh, he's going to have debt discussions because if the debt ceiling thing isn't released, isn't, you know, if there isn't an accord with the Republicans, Biden, he can't. He can't. His job approval ratings are so low now. So you got to come to a deal, and they will. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I know what's going to happen. Um, June 1st is the deadline, and there's enough tax money coming in on a daily basis. So Social Security, Medicare, uh, Medicaid for the states, that's all going to never going to be influenced. It's paying the interest on certain in debt to the United States. That would be all right. The debt ceiling number now is thirty one point four trillion dollars. You got to cut it down, boys and girls. You got to stop it. You have to. All right. Now. Biden overseas last week at the uh, G7 uh, talked about his son, Beau Biden, who uh, died young um, and got into trouble again. The right attacked him. Roll the tape on it. My son was a major in the U.S. Army, lost in Iraq. Thank you all. All of our country. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So Bo Biden didn't die in Iraq, but he had brain cancer and that's what killed him. And um, very, very astute medical people say that there's a very good chance he acquired that by ingesting toxins uh, in Iraq. Okay, so I cut Biden slack on that. Not lying. He's not doddering. He's not misinformed. He believes that his son, Bo, 
um, died because of his service in Iraq. And I, I'm not going to question that. So got to be fair here. Now, there is a second whistleblower, and this is a story that's been misreported. So the IRS was looking into Hunter Biden's tax returns. I predict that Hunter Biden will be indicted, okay, by a federal prosecutor in Delaware for dodging taxes and for another low-level gun beef, okay? So the IRS pulls its investigative team, the International Tax and Financial Crimes Group, off the Hunter Biden investigation. Doesn't fire them. The people on that group still work for the IRS. That's number one, misreporting, that they got fired. They didn't get fired. They got pulled out of it. Now, why did they get pulled out of it? No one knows because the federal government and the IRS won't say, which is horrible, terrible. They should say we pulled them out because of this reason, because it's in the public interest to know. Why'd you pull them out? Won't say. That's not the way a republic should operate. However, two people in that group have now come forth They're called whistleblowers to say that Hunter Biden was getting favorable treatment by the IRS, that they weren't really investigating. They said they were, but they weren't really. There's two of them now. They will be called by the House Oversight Committee and other committees, and they will testify in public. And the IRS can't fire them by law. So I'm on it. If you want the real story, the true story, This is where you go, okay? Um, Trans madness update. So the LA Dodgers on May 4th announced they were gonna have a gay pride night, which is fine, as we went over yesterday, no problem. And they were gonna honor a group called the Sisters of Perpetual indulgence at that gay pride night. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are a hate group. They hate Christians because Christians do not believe in their lifestyle. So let me back that up. On in 2007, Two of these Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence went into a cathedral in San Francisco, took the Eucharist, and defiled it publicly. Okay? The Archbishop had to apologize for this desecration of a sacrament. In 2023, the group put on a Jesus and Mary-themed striptease that involved a performer writhing upside down on a wooden cross. They then had shirtless men compete to be crowned the hunkiest Jesus. Okay? Again, come back to me. Look me in the eye. This is a hate group. The Los Angeles Dodgers wanted to honor the hate group. The Catholics and a bunch of organizations protested. And so on May 17th, 13 days after they said they were going to honor, the Dodgers rescinded the honor. But five days later, 
they officially reinvited the sisters of perpetual indulgence to be honored at their gay night. Okay, here is the Dodgers statement, quote, after much thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities, honest conversations with the LA Dodgers organization and generous discussions with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the Los Angeles Dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, members of the LGBTQ plus community and their friends and families. We have asked the sisters to take their place on the field at our 10th annual Gay Pride Night. Okay, so the president of the Dodgers is a man named Andrew Friedman, and the owner is Mark Walter. There they are. Again, these two individuals are honoring a hate group. So what do we do? Well, you can email the Dodgers, call them, telegram, whatever. I'm not wasting my time because I know what this is. The Hollywood and L.A. community threatened those guys, and they caved. But I will never in my life go to a Los Angeles Dodgers baseball game again. I will not root for them. And again, as I told you yesterday, I have some friends that associate with the team. I won't do. They're done. Done. Unless they apologize to me personally for honoring a Christian hate group. The Los Angeles Angels, South and Amaheim, are doing the same thing. They're doing the same thing. Anaheim Mayor Ashley Aitken says that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence will be honored on the Gay Pride Night, June 7th, at the Angels Stadium in Anaheim. There she is. Same thing, never going. Otani, love him. Best baseball player in the world. Not going. Never again. Won't go. Because look, I, I don't care whether you are an atheist or what religion you are. You, if you're going to hate a certain group of people, Christians, you don't honor that in America. Or am I wrong? Am I wrong? So these baseball teams should be ashamed. I mean, if there are any Catholics in their uh, hierarchy, they need to go to confession. Okay? Because this is beyond the pale. And you can imagine if this happened with a far-right hate group. I mean, boycotts and sponsors dropping out. But you can do it to Christians. Yeah, go ahead. Insult us. Spit in our faces. That's what they're doing. And in New York City, same thing going on. So a professor at Hunter University named Shailene Rodriguez was outraged that a pro-life student group had set up a table to discuss pro-life positions. Roll the tape. You're not educated. This is propaganda. What are you gonna do? Like anti-trans next? Is that what you're gonna do next? I mean, no, we're we're talking about abortion. This is this is violent. You're triggering my students. I'm sorry about that. No, you're not. Because you can't even have a baby. 
So you don't even know what that is. You don't even know what this is. Get the out of here, yo. I admire those students. They kept their cool. They didn't give it back. That woman should be fired immediately. Boom. What? You can't have pro-life student club? Can't have that? Totalitarian? Miss totalitarian? Huh? Miss fascist? Only your point of view? So we called Hunter. All right? And Hunter College has got some prestige behind it. And a spokesman told us that they're taking this very seriously, I would hope so, and that they're going to have an investigation. About what? You just saw it. Again, if this was a conservative approaching a pro-abortion table, saying and doing that, they'd be fired on the spot. What the hell is going on? The totalitarians are winning. Really disturbing. Really disturbing. In Florida, it's a different story. So Governor DeSantis, who will announce tomorrow that he's running for president, will have a segment on him and Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, also announced this week. Um, We'll do that tomorrow. But there's a new law in Florida that says the following that gender-affirming care for minors is banned. Okay, so you can't change your sex if you're under 18. That you cannot force people to say certain pronouns in schools. You can't force people to use certain bathrooms. Okay? Um, And the gender care law bans the use of state money for any change of gender. You know, if you want to change your gender and you're an adult, you got to pay for it. Okay? Law uh, goes into effect um, very soon, July 1st. Now, here's how the Associated Press covered that law. Ready? Here's the headline. DeSantis signs bill targeting drag shows, transgender kids, and the use of bathrooms and pronouns. This is the headline. DeSantis targets. Okay, here's the lead paragraph. Quote, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed bills Wednesday that banned gender-affirming care. Gender-affirming. For minors, target drag shows, restrict discussion of personal pronouns in schools, and force people to use certain bathrooms. Force them. (laughs) That's the Associated Press. Now, why should you care? Because the Associated Press goes to every small newspaper in this country. They, don't have, they can't afford to hire their own reporters in the small towns, send them to Washington, whatever. So they take the Associated Press reporting and they slap it in the newspaper. And this is what you read in, in the rural areas. It, the Associated Press is like all of the others. They don't report the news anymore. They slant the news. Oh, Christiane Amanpour, never met her. She's been on CNN for decades, never came across her. She's done some pretty good war reporting, I must say. Gutsy, gutsy woman. Has a very, very good reputation in the leftist communities because she's a leftist. 
She's an Iranian, but that doesn't mean she's a leftist, but, and, but she's very successful and probably the most successful reporter on CNN. She gives uh, an address at the Columbia School of Journalism, which is a top flight school, and says this, go. Be truthful, but not neutral. Both siderism, on the one hand, on the other hand, is not always objectivity. It does not get you to the truth. Drawing false moral or factual equivalence is neither objective or truthful. Objectivity is our golden rule, and it is in weighing all the sides and all the evidence, hearing everyone, reporting everything, but not rushing to equate them when there is no equating. And look at the damage that that has done in the climate debate, in the political arena, and in the field of battle. Now, if you think about what she just said, it's absurd. So drawing false moral or factual equivalence is neither objective or truthful. Well, who decides if it's false? If you're not basing your reporting on facts, who decides if it's false? You? The reporter? Yeah, that's who decides. So the New York Times, in the beginning of Trump's run in 2016, decided that Trump was unworthy to be president. So all of its reporting was slanted to hurt him. And they'll tell you, well, we're not going to give Trump equal time because he's morally deficient. Well, who made that decision? You. I think Joe Biden's morally deficient by having an open border, by lying about inflation by supporting abortion for any reason at any time. I think Joe Biden's morally deficient. But I'm not going to, I'm going to report on what he does in a fair way. If he says something, I'm going to run it. I'm not going to try to get him banned from a CNN town hall. I want him on a CNN town hall. So this is just more of the same on these leftist media people trying to justify in their minds that they are the arbitrators of what's false and what's true, not the facts. Fact is that Trump did a pretty good job in his four years running this country. And that's the fact. All right, Surgeon General issues advisory that social media is contributing to youth mental health crisis. Surgeon General of the United States is Vivek Murthy. All right. He says, I'm issuing this advisory because we're in the middle of a youth mental health crisis and I'm concerned social media is contributing to the harms that kids are experiencing. Well, he's absolutely right. And he goes on to list uh, depression, anxiety, which leads to suicide. Because you can bully on social media. See, when we were growing up, because I know a lot of you are senior citizens, but you don't even have to be if you're over the age of 40. If somebody bullied you, you could punch them right in the mouth. I did. I'm not proud of it, but if somebody bullied me, they got a shot. Now it's social media. They can rip your reputation all over the place. You don't even know who they are. And in high schools particularly, this is devastating to the kid getting ripped. I saw it when I was teaching. They didn't have the Internet back then. I saw the bullies. 
and how they marginalize those kids and damage those kids. And I made it my project at that high school to stick up for those kids. Kid had a bad complexion. Kid was fat. Kid uh, was a little off socially. Boom. And, you know, a lot of kids can't take that, particularly if they have bad parents. So he's right that this is a crisis because it's so easy to do. And that's an underreported story. So Target, you know, Target, the big uh, box store. So the CEO is mad, okay? He's saying we're seeing violent incidents in all of our stores, costing us millions of dollars. This is a guy named Brian Connell, CEO of Target. Quote, the unfortunate fact is violent incidents are increasing at our stores and across the entire retail industry. When products are stolen, simply put, they are no longer available for guests who depend on them. And, of course, the prices go up because Target estimates it's lost $500 million a year by shoplifting. Now, the reason that this is happening is because in California and other states, they don't prosecute shoplifting. New York, New York City. I don't care. Cop arrests somebody who's shoplifting, goes in, drop the charges. And they go right back out because they're drug addicts, most of them. All right? And they shoplift again. They get caught. They go in a few hours, and they're back with their heroin or fentanyl, whatever they're doing. That's why. And who's doing that? Far left. There you go. Facts, 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 facts. Smart life. This is interesting. Um, Another senior citizen exercise here. So 146,000 U.S. adults over the age of 65 were sampled. And the conclusion is that gardening could be the secret to a healthy heart. New study published in a journal of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics found that gardening um, strengthens the heart. Quote, gardeners reported spending more time staying physically active compared to exercisers, and they were able to meet the recommended 150 minutes of aerobic activity with just gardening alone. All right. They had lower odds of cardiovascular disease, stroke, heart attack, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes. Wow. So I'm not a real good gardener. I just hired a gardener today (laughs) because I just, you know, I don't mind getting my hands dirty. I like the flowers and foliage. My yards look great, by the way. I pay plenty for it, but they look great. And I like that. I mean, if there's a Japanese garden anywhere near me, I'm going to go. Because you sit there and, you, you know. But if you yourself are gardening, then you're healthier, according to this study. Now, we uh, have uncovered a website. And I, with all full disclosure, I know the woman who runs it. Her name is Jill Brook, former uh, reporter. The website is flowerpowerdaily.com. Flowerpowerdaily.com. And if you want a garden, they have tips. It's all free, I think. I think you just go on there, and uh, I guess they have products, but check it out, flowerpowerdaily.com if you're into gardening. Now, i got to ask you seriously, did you ever think I was going to do a gardening segment? <laughs> I didn't. But Smart Life, we want you to be healthy. So if it's gardening, okay. This day in history, May 23rd, 1846, the Mexican-American War begins when the president of Mexico, Mariano Pardes, officially unofficially declares war on the United States 177 years ago. What happened was that Mexico was uh, huge. So after they booted the Spanish out, 
Mexico stemmed from Panama all the way up to Oregon. That was Mexico. And Texas didn't want to be part of it. So Texas said, we'll set up our own country. But they knew, the Texans knew, they called them Texians then with an I, that they would eventually go to the United States. So Polk was president, James K. Polk, Tennessee. One-termer, but decent president. So he sends U.S. troops down to make sure the Mexicans don't rile up the Texans. U.S. troops are attacked by the Mexican uh, army. Okay, a bunch of them are killed, uh, and the war starts. So it lasts two years, and we had good generals down there. Zachary um, Taylor became president. Winfield Scott almost became president. U.S. Grant was down there. Robert E. Lee was down there. We kicked their butts, the Mexicans' butts, and we took over California, Utah, Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico, all of that territory ceded to us. We paid them $15 million, Mexico City at the time. 1,700 Americans killed in war in battle. 12,000 died from disease down in Mexico. 25,000 Mexican troops killed in the Mexican-American War. The stay in history. Do you know any of that? Mexican War? It's the most obscure war. Maybe War of 1812, but most people don't know about it. All right, got a lively mail segment and a final thought about uh, the urchins driving me crazy, and I'm going to tell you why. We'll be right back. All right, let's go to the mail. Barry on the message board, build a multitude of stores leaving San Francisco, although on the surface is terrible, can open up opportunities for enterprising individuals to take their place. How to deal with crime will be one element of their business model. It's impossible. So 90 businesses plus have left San Francisco. Yeah, they're empty storefronts. You probably get a good rent deal down there now. But people are going to break into your store and nothing's going to happen to them. You can't run a business that way. And that's what happened in San Francisco. Lisa, concierge member, we'll discuss that in a moment. I have read uh, Culture Warrior way back in 2006. Absolutely love the book. Very sadly, everything you wrote about has come true, Bill. Culture Warrior. There you go. I'm proud of the book. Uh, Brian Galicio, New Brunfels, Texas, in the Hill Country. Bill, on May 10th, you read a letter in reference to Kate's Law and suggested I contact Senator Cruz, which I did, along with my representative, Chip Roy. Perhaps he could be guest. Brian, number one, you're a patriot for doing what you did. Number two, if they reply, please send it to me immediately. Okay? I don't think anything's going to happen, but you're a patriot. Margot Freer, Medford, Oregon. Right on, O'Reilly. Not buying expensive baked goods. I got coffee at a new place at the mall. Second time I went in, they had raised the price a dollar. Next time they charged me for using a debit card. Did not go back. Secret of capitalism. Robert Lundquist, West St. Paul, Minnesota. You're absolutely right about not buying things that have increased in cost beyond reason. Subway, McDonald's, other restaurants are charging way more than they did a couple of years ago, and I've cut back on eating out. My wife asked, are we having financial issues? And I say, no, I just refuse to pay for things where the value is way less than the cost. Not about the money. That's right. I mean, if I think somebody's stealing from me, not going to do it. Nancy Shatzi, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. I do overpay for some items. I live in a rural community and believe it's vital to support local business. I know prices are lower at places like Walmart, but I want to help out the locals. Nancy, that's very noble for her. It's noble. 
So if you're helping those people, fine. David Jameson, Chino Valley, Arizona. If one feels that products do not justify the cost, then it's your right to take your business elsewhere. That's capitalism, as I said. You're right. Bill, I miss you and Dennis Miller together. What is he up to? He's kind of in semi-retirement out in California there. Miller, uh, I talked to him recently. He's having a good time. You know, maybe I'll drag him back one of these days, but he's not real anxious. So maybe he'll get bored. Um, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name in town if you wish to opine. Now let's get to Father's Day, which is June 18th. I think I said it was June 11th. The best gift that you could give dad or granddad is premium and concierge membership to BillOReilly.com. And you get a whole slew of free Team Noble stuff with that. Now, the reason I say it's the best gift is this is a presidential year beginning in August. We will have by far the best coverage of the election. We're way ahead. And you know I have contacts almost everywhere. So... If you're interested in the 2024 election, you become a premium concierge member because we get lots of stuff there for you only. And again, put up the team normal uh, stuff that we give you free. All right. If you become a premium member and this is all tied into Father's Day. So dad gets the premium and granddad or concierge membership with direct access to me. Any problem at all. You get direct access, totally confidential, concierge. And you get all this stuff. So I hope you, you know, honor dad and granddad on there June 18th. Word of the day, do not be Saturnine. Great word, S-A-T-U-R-N-I-N-E. The planet Saturn comes from Saturnine. Um, Latin word. All right, back with uh, a final thought that might amuse you in a moment. Here is a final thought of the day. So I keep pounding it into the skulls of the urchins that I am around that they have to stop with the every, with equivocating. Word is another word of the day. So they don't make decisions. They don't plan ahead. It's like every, well, we'll do that. No, no. All right. There are too many things going on. You just can't come in and say, I want to go to a Broadway play tonight. All right. Or I want to go to the game or I want to go to the beach or I want this or I want that. You've got to think ahead. Now, you can be spontaneous. You can be nimble. Something pops up. Yeah, we like that. We want that. But the younger generation, they're lazy. They're mentally lazy. They don't want to think about this. All right. I can't tell you how many times they've walked in and go, Oh, uh, so-and-so's having a party, and it's two hours from now. I said, what? Where? Who? You know, I mean, come on. Now, there are things attached to planning ahead, not just for the urchins, but for adults. Number one, if you do that, it's less likely you will be tardy. When was the last time you heard that word? Tardy, T-A-R-D-Y. If you're late, unless, you know, you can't help it. Sometimes that happens. And then you got to immediately call your person. That's disrespectful to the person who's waiting for you. Number two, you have commitments if you plan in advance that you have to honor. Do what you say you will do. And number three is that this is mental discipline, that you think ahead, all right, in your life, 
what you want to accomplish. Your life will be so much richer and easier. If you descend into the daily chaos, believe me, you're not going to prosper. Anyway, that is a final thought. The urchins, one of them's coming around. The other is still out there. Okay. Uh, thank you for watching and listening on the radio to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.